As a new employee, I would like to personally welcome you to the Sola Detroit family. You're now a part of a company that's part of everyone's daily lives. To our consumer products arms that sell the goods that you need for success and the food that you need to stay nourished. We also have a growing vertical of patriotic services like online tracking, facial recognition, mass data collection, and suppression of anti-American and anti Detroit misinformation. So, welcome to our vast and ever-growing family. Get out there and make us proud. Dominate. Win, baby. Do it for America. Do it for Soul of Detroit. You ass interrogative. Get your finger out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey kids, it's your old pal ML Elric, and I can't tell you how pleased I am that we have a special guest, uh, a former colleague of mine I consider to be a friend. I hope I'm not overstating that because I think he can do a lot better than me, and he's someone you all know and I think consider to be a friend, and I'm so grateful that he's here that I, I don't, I, I don't want to waste any more time getting to him. But first, got to tell you about a great story I just did that published at Freep.com that you can get if oh, you're a subscriber. Of course you do. So, uh, so um, you know, uh, there's always a but first. But go ahead. It'll cost you a buck a month to get that subscription. I think you cheap bastards can come up with three bucks for some news. It's worth it. So check out Freep.com right after you finish watching the live broadcast of ML Soul of Detroit. And our special guest, only a fool would preempt him. So uh, I've just proven that theory. Is Dan Miller, the uh, the uh, lead anchor in sports, the sports director, and the play-by-play man for the Detroit Lions? He's a uh, you've seen him on Fox too, you've heard him on the radio, and now we've got him here on Soul Detroit. Dan, uh, thanks for not getting sleep for one more day to join us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, ML's been a while, man. It's great to hear your voice, and it's good to be with all of you. Well, anybody who's seen me on TV says it's great to hear your voice. They don't really miss the face so much. <laughs> But uh, but podcasting I just is free. Know these days it's hard to see anybody's face. You know what? It's funny when you see somebody and then you 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 realize, man, I haven't seen you in person in like four months because all we've done is Zoom. So I just hearing your voice is, is a good thing at this point. Wow, things are desperate. Uh, <laughs> perhaps you've been watching too much football. I don't know. But uh, what a. What a game on uh, on Sunday um, uh, on the anniversary of not completing the process. This time we indisputably did not complete the process. But this has got to be the first time in uh, in broadcast history that a game was broadcast without any fans. I mean, what was it like to have? Because I know I know you are a guy who feeds on things, and to not have sixty five thousand souls hanging on every snap. How does that affect you? And what is it like to be basically talking into an empty barn? Yeah, you know, it's um, I, I thought about it a lot, obviously, before the game. And I think that because I have a headset on and because within that headset, there is some crowd noise being fed in. I felt pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I missed 65,000 people going up and down and me going up and down with them. But I, I have to say it wasn't as awkward as I thought it would be. I've done a game before, um, a quarter of a game. I was doing a game for Westwood One. We were in Arizona in a sealed booth and our crowd mic didn't work. They couldn't get it to work. 
So I did the game literally with nothing in my ears but me and the analyst. And that's really disconcerting because you feel like you're just screaming into a void. Yeah. At least with and, – and you're asking yourself, why exactly are you screaming? But I, I think that when there is some crowd noise being piped into your headset, there's a sense of normalcy. And really, to be honest with you, because of that and because that headset blocks out so much of what's going on anyway – um, it felt pretty normal to me. Plus, with the Cardinals, there's nobody there anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> terror. There was. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what the crowd was that day, but I guarantee you, it was more than zero, which is what <laughs> I was hearing. Yeah, very, very tough day for the vendors at, at Ford Field <laughs> on Sunday. Not a lot of great tippers in that crowd, but absolutely, absolutely no money taken home that day. Do Do you know, yeah, Dan? And, yeah. Do, do you know if, if not having the fans there, is that because of the governor or is that something? I mean, would the Lions want to have a percentage of fans there? Absolutely. Uh, and, and I don't want to answer for them, but my understanding is that this is, is still being worked on between them and the governor. And they need to go ahead from the state uh, before they can do that, because some teams around the league, I think six or eight do have fans of some number, 15%, 17%, something like that, whatever it is, with social distancing. But that has to be approved within their given state and or city or whoever's making the, the ordinances there. So, yes, this is something the Lions have been in contact constantly with, with Governor Whitmer. And I think when they ultimately, if they ultimately do have fans, it will be an agreement between the two sides. I think they're hoping for November. Have you heard that, Dan? Yeah, I, I, it's the, we know the first two games are definitely out. I think I've heard that they are hoping for November, and we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, guys, it's I think if there's one thing that we have learned in this, you know, since early March, you can plan for next week, but good luck with it because you really don't know what's going to happen next week. And I, I think, you know, we're sitting here in September. We're talking about November. And who the heck knows what's going to happen between now and then. I mean, what, over the weekend, we had one of our worst days since April, if not the worst day since April. Um, that doesn't bode well for the governor saying, OK, yeah, go ahead, put uh, 15,000 people in there and let's go ahead and do that. So, uh, look, I know it's a politicized issue. I know people are on different sides of it. I know there's people out there listening that are saying that's the right move. And I know there's people out there saying, you know, this is ridiculous. Live their lives. I'm not getting involved in that. I'm just telling you that's where the discussion lies between the organization and the governor's office. Well, and we've we've seen with uh, Michigan State people getting sick, and and most of the people are getting sick from events where there are a lot of people. They're celebrating, they're drinking, they're congregating, and the closest thing you can get to a fraternity party is a Detroit Lions tailgate and a Detroit mm -hmm. Lions game. So what we're seeing in terms of ways to uh, to uh, avoid getting sick uh seem to be not coming together in in big groups but but who knows by by november maybe we're going to have michigan michigan state playing at ford field on saturday and the lions coming in on sunday i mean it's it, it, i've never seen a situation in the world let alone the sports world where as you say whatever you decide tomorrow you better write it in pencil because to, it's just it's not gonna you can't use ink it's it's too subject to change well, I just think we've never been here, ML. We're trying to plan for something that we've never had to plan for before. And we're trying to figure this out as we go. I mean, if you remember early on, 
we were going to the grocery store and before we would bring the groceries in the house, we were wiping everything down. Well, now they tell us we don't have to do that. I mean, things have changed over time as we have learned more about this virus, how it spreads, um, the things that you could do to keep yourself healthy. But, you know, one thing that doesn't seem to have changed is that it's a bad idea to put a lot of people in close proximity to one another, in particular, uh, I'd say pretty much anywhere, but in particular indoors. It's really interesting, too, because the Lions had a little bit of an issue, as other NFL teams did with their testing early on. You know, Stafford got a positive test, mm-hmm. and it turns out that it's just the one facility really messed up. So that's not going to put a lot of faith, I think. I mean, I guess the good thing about sports is they know how to adjust when things change. Uh, what have you heard from players and coaches in dealing with this, uh, I guess, this new COVID world? Well, I think there's a sense of responsibility because, you know, remember, you are dealing with a lot of young guys who, mm-hmm. who in a normal world would be going out, enjoying life, enjoying life as a professional football player. You know, doors are open. Not many are closed. And I think that that what you have heard is that when these guys leave the facility, they're trying to be careful because they know if they're not, this thing can come crashing down. The NFL had somewhat fortuitous, not somewhat, they did have fortuitous timing in that when this all happened, they weren't trying to start a season like baseball or trying to end a season to get into their playoffs like hockey or basketball. So they were kind of able to draft off these other sports, see how they did it, see where the pitfalls were and learn from that and then try to implement some of those things into their protocols to make it work. So uh, look, I think the players want to play. They understand that things are different. The object of the exercise isn't, which is to win, but they want to be as safe as possible uh, the NFL has done a, a great job to this point with their testing. Uh, we haven't seen massive problems, massive outbreaks. The testing has, has been constant and daily. And I think that you really have to credit the NFL for doing what they've done. Credit the NBA, credit the NHL. They've all done a terrific job. Baseball has obviously had its bumps in the road, but they're still going. And the outbreaks seem to have been be less and less. So we haven't been here We're <laughs> learning how to handle it. And they're doing a good job. You were right. There was problems with the testing. I think they tried to figure that out, but they also put some protocols in place so that if a positive comes back, boom, you're tested again immediately. Boom, you you get an overnight test as well so that they can determine whether or not there's a false positive so that it's not going to knock somebody out who, in fact, is not positive. On to the other disaster, uh, which is what happened on the field and how they just blew up in the fourth quarter. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on coach Patricia's statements after the game where he, he calls back to, you know, his fourth quarter success with the Patriots, which this league is a, what have you done for me lately? I I mean, he's clearly frustrated, but he's not getting the job done. I, what was your take on that comment about the Malcolm? Well, when all all is said and done, he's going to be judged on what he did here. And was it, was that a a great call against uh, in a super bowl against Seattle? Yes, it was. But uh, I, I don't think that necessarily has anything to do with what happens in Detroit. Um, nobody's going to look back at what happened in that Super Bowl if this team finishes with a bad record and say, you know, he did that or he had this success in New England. What he did in New England is why he's here. Whether or not he stays here will be judged upon what he does here. So, Look, it, it wouldn't have been the way that I would have gone with that answer, but you're <laughs> no. talking about a difficult situation, an emotional head coach who just lost a difficult game, 
is getting difficult questions. And I'm not feeling sorry for him. I'm just saying sometimes what comes out may not be the best answer in the world. And that's not just Matt Patricia. That's a lot of different people. And I, I just, if you're asking me about the, the, the statement itself, look, it's not really relative to where we are right now. It's what's relative to where we are right now is how this football team does. To me, it was just trying to say, hey, I know what I'm doing, even though I know it doesn't look like it or may not look like it up to this point. He's, he's defending himself, and we all defend ourselves in, in that regard. Yeah, and I, yeah, Sean, you've been in there. It's, it's, it's a difficult situation after a game and the questions get more difficult. And when you haven't been winning over a period of two years in a game, the questions get even more difficult. And, you know, he's a human, he's going to get defensive. And if somebody's questioning his ability to coach, he may fire back with something that, that he believes proves the point that he does know how to coach. Um, and then once that statement lands, you can judge the relevance of it yourself. But, um, you know, those are, those are not the easiest situations in the world. And trust me, I know some people's reaction might be, well, you don't need to feel sorry for him or make excuses for him. I'm not. I'm just telling you how these things go. And in the end, how much weight that carries in whether or not he succeeds or stays here. It's about what happens here. No, for sure. And I think you can acknowledge that somebody's going through something that's difficult without saying you're going to feel sorry for him. You know, you feel bad for the players. It was a tough loss. But Dan... Um, and I wrote about this in my in my first column Sunday. The idea that nothing was normal. There are no fans, right? We're in a pandemic. It, their social justice message is stenciled at the back edge of the end zone, which is obviously here to stay. So everything is different. And yet, the way they lost, the fact that they, they lost, but the way they lost felt so uh, normal, right? Do you, you, you ever sit back and think, because I get emails all the time. What what have we done as a region? What have I done? Why do I keep watching? Why do I have to keep suffering like this? Do you, you think about the fans afterwards? Oh, my God. Yeah, 100%. Look, a look, um, couple things. One, yes, everything is different. But the game's the same. They're still playing. They're still going to win or lose, and teams around the league are still going to do that. And somebody's going to win a lot of games and win in January and win one game in February, get a ring, and that won't ring, won't mean any less than anybody else's. I have said this many times. The best part of my job is when fans are happy, by far. That, that feeling of unity, going to the gas station, going to the grocery store, going to the restaurant, and everybody just wants to talk about how happy they are and how great they are. things are. When they're not, I go to those same places and I get yelled at by people who are not happy and want to tell me how they want to fix this team. I get it. It's part of the gig and it's part of the passion that people have for this team. But, you know, when you lose a game like that and and the, the history of this team is what it is, obviously after a game, you do think to yourself sometimes, man, when is this going to stop? When is it going to turn around and things start going in the direction that we all want it to go? And the breaks go their way. Now, that's here's the thing. It's not a curse. It's not a football god looking down upon you. It's when you start making plays. It's when you start doing things in the fourth quarter that other teams are doing to you that makes the difference in a game. And they didn't do that on Sunday. And, you know, last year, kind of an outlier a little bit with Stafford missing half the season. I mean, we all know if Matthew Stafford goes down, this team is in deep trouble. But <laughs> Um, look, I, I, I feel it. I'm not immune to it just because I call the games. 
I feel the angst that people have. And I have that angst. I live that angst all the time. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love my job. I'm, I'm one of 32 guys in the world who gets to go to work and do what I do. But if you think that there's not a part of me that gets ripped apart when this team loses like that, you're wrong. I'm invested. I'm not somebody who doesn't root for the team. I'm the the play-by-play guy for the Lions. I'll tell you what's happening, good or bad, but at the end of the day, I want them to win. And when they don't lose, it hurts. And when they lose like that, it tears a little piece of your soul out. Well, as a fan and watching the Lions my whole life, I I just I don't feel like he's the guy who's going to lead this team to anything, um, uh, any kind of success whatsoever. That's my opinion from where I sit. I <laughs> Dan, here you have a little. I mean, it's probably hard for you to answer that question. But how long? How long will he have? I mean, if this team starts out one in five, one in seven, if, if, if they're two in eight, I mean, what, at what point will the ownership, do you think, realize they're not getting the job done again? Because a lot of fans felt it was after last season. Yeah, well, I mean, let me preface this by saying it's one game and we'll see where it goes from here. But management last December threw down whatever you want to call it, a mandate saying they're coming back. But. We expect, and I'm speaking as that, I'm paraphrasing the release that mm-hmm. they put out. We as, as Detroit Lions ownership expect to be in contention in December and playing meaningful games in December. So that's the closest thing I can give you to an answer to your question. We've had an ownership change since then, but I will tell you, Sheila Ford Hamp was in that meeting with her mom. She was part of the decision-making process. So this is not something that she inherited that her mom did. This is something that she's a part of. So the answer to that question lies with her and how she wants to run this football team. And when she feels like it's no longer going in the direction where she feels it can be um, saved, turned around, whatever it is, that that's where it is. We've got that from management. We'll see where this thing goes, but this is about, Sheila Fordham making that decision ultimately. And you know what? I mean, for the good of everybody, it's one game. I hope this team team turns it around. We'll see what happens going into Green Bay on Sunday. I don't, I don't want to sit here and, and throw dirt on, you know, what do we have now? 69 players that are out there working, trying to get this thing together and trying to, to be ready to play and act like the season's over after one game. It was difficult. It does put you in a tough spot, but they're going to line up and play against Green Bay on Sunday, and we'll see what happens. Dan, I know we have just a couple more minutes before you have to go, but, but I want to I take you uh, sort of to something I think about that, that Mark's question uh, inspires in my head. There's a lot of politicians who, some of them I've liked, but when they do something wrong, that doesn't really matter. You just have to report on it. But your relationship as both someone who reports on the team as a journalist and as someone who is associated with the team as a, you know, some, some, somehow there's a, a business relationship there, but then you also get to know the guys. Matthew Stafford seems to me to be a decent guy. Now, I've, I've never been impressed with him from his days from Georgia onward because when Michigan State beat you in a bowl game, that says you're probably not the greatest SEC quarterback ever but how do you how do you tread that line between boy i really like this guy but he's just not able to get it done or you hear them getting in trouble i mean how do you strike that balance between you know i i hate to say something's going to be hurtful to this person but it is what it is and i'm here to tell you how it is i think you 
have to ask the questions that need to be asked. Matthew is a guy who understands what his job is, what the responsibility is, and the questions that he has to answer. If you watched what I did on Fox 2 last night, I asked him, the interception that you threw, should you have thrown into that window? He said, no, not in that not in that time, not in that uh, situation. I should not have the sack you took that forced the field goal back to 55 yards. Should you have gotten rid of that? Or do you just say Hicks made a great play? And he said both, but if the ball's in my hands, I got to get rid of it. I'll ask him the questions. And as long as you're fair and don't get personal, I've always found that you, you can basically attack anything you need to attack in, in the game and you'll get your answers. Uh, I think if you attack with your questions, Sean has been there at times, I think, where some of the questions that get lobbed to players or coaches come in a way that they're not going to get an answer. That's true. They're, they're, they're based in such negativity that, that you put somebody on the defensive from the beginning and they're not going to get an answer. I try to ask a question that needs to be asked in a way that I'm going to bring about an answer about it. I've never had the Lions come to me and say, don't say this, you shouldn't say this, you can't say this. And I feel like we are exceedingly honest on the broadcast. We tell you when it's good and we tell you when it's bad. Um, so I think that ML, you just have to, you, you have to be right and you, you have to be fair and you just don't make it personal. And, and I think you find at that point, these guys understand what the gig is and these guys understand that, that you are somebody doing your job. And, and I've rarely run into a problem with that in my, 23 years in Detroit and 16 years doing the play-by-play. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And that wasn't really a Matthew Stafford question because I know there are so many players. He's, he's, you know, he's the big contract and the, the big target, but I, I think you do a really good job. I, I think I, when I listen to you, uh, I think of you more as a, a journalist than a play-by-play guy, which um, isn't to denigrate either role, but it's to say that when I see you doing your job, which is not an easy job, uh, the truth and what you see is what determines what's going to come out of your mouth. And as someone who has watched a lot of terrible football, uh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't label it. I just, I feel like I do my job and, and, you know, you do get people every now and then say, Oh, you're a homer. I say, yes, I'm a homer, but, but please do this for me. Tell me when something happened that I told you it was good when it was bad. Tell me something that happened in a game where I just tried to whitewash it and paint it. Look, if it's black, it's black. If it's white, it's white. And if you're, if you're not telling the people what it is, half of them are watching on TV while they're listening to you or something else. So they're going to see the, the replays later. You have to be honest. And, and I'm, I'll stand by that for 16 years. I feel like between Brandy and Lomas and myself, when it, when it's been bad, we've told people and, and I've seen some bad and we've told people it was bad. Um, but I, I just, I have always felt like those two things, be fair, be honest. And you really, at that point, if somebody has a problem with it, chances are it's going to be on them. Dan, I know you got to go. We're going to give you the big gun, Sean, before you have to jump. Sean, make it count. But I don't get another one. Jeez. I well, can't. it's 1230. We, our man has been gracious. <laughs> you got, I'm, I'm good. Whatever you guys need. Keep going. I'm you guys good. are I shameful. I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to overstay my welcome, but whatever you guys need. Well, we'll keep you all day, but I'll, I'll, I'll put uh, Larry and Curly's heads together at 1231. If you got to go, Dan, don't worry about that. Nah, I'm good. We're good for a couple minutes. I just got, I got to be somewhere about, uh, we're good. So 12, 1245. If you need it, anything up till then go. All right, I'll, I'll make this quick and don't not, do that. And, and not El Ricky. Yeah. Look, look at this. Look at that. <laughs> now, they're, now they're all like Miller. Would you leave? We're trying to get you out of here. No, you, you know what? I, sometimes Dan, I get 
I'm a homer or anti-homer. And by the way, you're as fair and, and honest as it comes when it when it comes to the job that you do. Uh, I don't think uh, you know. I don't mind saying that. I like. I, I wanted to say that. In any case, I don't know if you could tell because you had your headphones on when DeAndre Swift uh, dropped that pass. There was his. There was as loud a gasp in the in the press box. Obviously, wasn't normal. We were spread out in suites, but because of the silence, you could hear almost the entire uh, length of the stadium where where the media members were sitting. That 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 gasp and that noise is not because they're rooting one way or the other. It's because most of these folks live in this community, right? As you were saying earlier, when you're out and about, and you and you want uh, you want them to be happy. Sometimes you're rooting for your business. You know, with the Lions win, it's good for the free press. It's good for the news. It's good for the athletic, right? It's good for everyone, right? Exactly. But did you get a sense at all? Could you hear that, or were the head did the headphones uh, keep you from that reaction? When he I dropped mean, the that gas, pass. the gas, Sean, the gas might have been me. Um, <laughs> I, no, I heard, Lomas. I heard I you, mean, and I heard Lomas, but I just up and down. I, I've never experienced that yeah. in a press box before. Was, just no, that I, uh, when you get when you have that on, you really can't hear it. You, you're you're tuned into what's happening, and it there there is some crowd noise, as I said, being piped in, so you don't really get a lot of what happens around you. But it was just stunning. I mean, it really was. And I think that's the reaction that you got from people. I think I press box or not rooting or not Chicago writer or not Detroit writer or not. I think that that play brings about an audible response because it was game over. Lions have a lead or something like that. And then are you kidding me? And look, my heart breaks for the kid. Um, That's his job. He's got to make that play. He'll make a lot of plays going forward, but that's a, that's a really tough lesson to learn right there. But as, as much as, as folks in the press box, Sean, are not expected to root or anything, you and I have been around enough to know that when something incredible happens, be it good, bad, shocking, whatever it is, there's a moment, there's a gasp. We, we're, not, we're not robots up there. We do react to what happens on the field. Well, watching the game, uh, it looked, you know, like a normal NFL game, except for, you know, the crowd noise, which, like you said, week one, they'll, they'll fix that. It was really loud on TV and pretty consistent, no ups or downs. Um, your day job, Fox 2 sports director, so you watch a lot of sports. Which sport have you enjoyed watching in COVID? Baseball seems to be making up rules as they go along with seven inning double headers, which is weird. Uh, basketball seems to be pretty pretty similar but i just wanted to get your opinion which one you enjoy watching with the covid uh, differences i've enjoyed watching basketball i really have uh, because i'm really intrigued by this season with the two los angeles teams seeing milwaukee get knocked out miami yeah. coming along uh boston you know being a possibility and and i didn't know what they were going to have and uh even losing gordon hayward and they're still winning so um, basketball is kind of had, and somebody else said this, and I, I don't remember who it was, so I'm probably stealing it from somebody and, and I give them credit, but it, it, it has a summer league feel to it yeah. with the way that it's being done. But I think still the talent's been there, man. It's mm. been awesome. And I, I'm looking forward to this game seven that we got coming up. And then, you know, the potential of an LA LA series and, and, uh, the Boston Miami series thinks going to be terrific. I think it's been great. I think hockey has been fun as well. I think hockey has been done extremely well. Um, you know, last night, seeing an overtime game with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup finals on the line. That's obviously doesn't get much better than that. So I think it's um, 
I think they've all done a good job, but for me, I think I think it's been the NBA I've really enjoyed. The, the weird, I would agree with that, by the way. Yeah, Sorry, I, Mark. I, I, the, the, real quickly, the skill level, because there are no fans, because there are no other distractions, Dan, it seems to me you're the NBA, you're focused on the skill level, which is just outrageous right now where the league is. And I don't want to get off on a tangent on that, but it's been really compelling no. to watch if you like basketball. No, it's it, it's been terrific, and it has allowed you to, as you, you're alluding to, really – just hone in on the greatness of these players. And I'll tell you one other thing, as you said, not to get off on too big of a tangent, that kind of that kind of hit me is just how difficult this sport is to to be relevant because we're not relevant here as the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And then as I was watching Houston go down, I was thinking to myself, they now know they're not relevant either. They're not nearly good enough to win this. So while the Pistons aren't, Houston's better. But they now know that they have to turn things around and shake it up and trade guys and do things. So it's just it, it is a sport where, man, you are one of just a couple teams that really has a chance to win it. And the other teams, whether you're down here or maybe a little bit further up, you're just trying to figure it out. And, and it's so hard to get to that level of greatness that some of these teams are at. And it just, it really just struck me the other night when I watched Houston with everything that they have done over the years, all the moves that they have made, you know, they came close and probably would have, would have maybe done it if Chris Paul hadn't pulled his hamstring, but it's just, it's a hard sport, man. And it gives you so much respect for the teams that win it. It's also a sport. I I think has always had the best um, home field, home court advantage because the fans are right there, right near the players. And you don't yeah. have that this year. It's kind of like an NCAA tournament uh, without a crowd because everybody's on the neutral court, which is, I don't know, it's just, it's just really interesting to see that happen in, in that sport more than any others. But um, I don't know. I think in some ways it goes to what Sean said. It kicks it back to the talent. It makes yeah. it about the guys on the court. Yeah. Well, you, you can pound on the glass in hockey too. but, uh, but Sure. I, I, and, and the thing about hockey, and I've watched a little bit of that, unlike basketball, you're going to overtime to, to settle – series i mean sometimes multiple overtime which is it doesn't get more dramatic than that but uh uh, dan we're gonna let you go i i had a question i wanted to ask you i was gonna let it pass but now doug tracy's asking the same question so i'm gonna defer to a a great photographer a great man and a pretty damn good hockey player my guy he's wondering where are you going to be calling the game from in green bay and can you also tell us uh who was spinning the the platters there at the game on uh sunday that sean was dancing his seat to (laughs) I don't know who the DJ was. Uh, I don't, I don't know who that was, but um, we're going to be, I will call at this point, all 16 games from Ford field. Um, The NFL is piping in a feed, both uh, the television feed and an all 22 look that home teams. Well, how do I put this? When your team's away, they will pipe that into your stadium so that you can go to your broadcast booth and call the game from there because they know that there's issues with travel for a lot of the, the, uh, the radio teams. We're not traveling with the team anymore. We're not staying with the team at the hotel anymore. So we're pretty much separate. Um, a lot, to be honest with you, a lot of these teams, because they're limited in the space that they have in the press box, Really don't even want visiting radio there. So I think the bulk, there are a couple that traveled. Chicago came here for this one. Uh, I think they're traveling to Green Bay as well, and they're not traveling the rest of the year. There might be a couple others that are traveling, but but the vast majority of radio broadcast teams in the NFL this year are not traveling. They will be calling the game off a couple of screens 
in their home stadium or someplace else where they've made arrangements. And of course, we can catch Dan's call on WGR 760 and uh, and lots of pregame stuff on Fox too as well. Mark, uh, I, I wanted to ask, ask you're going to abuse this twelve twenty five limit. Know. Okay, get in there. Get whatever in there. you need. Too many things on my <laughs> mind. Um, to that point of broadcasting here for for an away game. Usually, how reliant are you on just the monitors in front of you as opposed to actually watching the field? Yeah, great question. Um, CML, uh, and it it, it really <laughs> it, it really varies stadium to stadium. Uh, I will tell you, in Dallas, um, you're in the end zone, so yeah, it's a are. sixty yard television in front of you that you call the game off a of TV. Um, <laughs> in Washington, same thing, end zone, so you call the game sometimes. But here's the problem that you run into. Oftentimes, the TV feed that we get will be five seconds behind what actually happens on the field. Mm. So that becomes problematic. So oftentimes, you really got to rely on the field unless you have that massive TV setup or big screen setup um, and, and try to do your best. But some of the broadcast positions make that very difficult. And a lot of times, what they kind of taught you when I did games at Fox, call the play, Look down at the end of the play at the monitor if you have a real-time monitor because then you're seeing what the fans are seeing at the end of the play. So it's a mixture, and it kind of depends on where you are. Have you ever thought, uh, while fans aren't allowed, of maybe coming out of the booth and just broadcasting from the 50-yard line like 10 rows up just just for the difference of it? You know what? They're so restrictive, as Sean will tell you, on where we are and are not allowed to go. Yes. Um, We have a booth. They want us (laughs) in that booth. Uh, they bring us our food, they bring us our drinks and they put it in there and they don't want you wandering around. So, uh, while I would love to do that, you know, like the, the tigers do with their guys sometimes call them the games from the stands. Yeah. That would probably be pretty fun. Um, yeah, they, it's, it's not going to happen this time just because they, <laughs> they're, they're really trying to contain people in certain spots. And, uh, look, we're, we're in a suite, so it's a pretty sweet gig. I'm not, I'm not complaining. Uh, it's, it's, we're not in our normal booth. We have a great sight line, much better than we normally have at Ford field. So it's, it's great stuff. But one day I, it would be pretty cool to sit down there with all the crazy people. Yeah. I mean, it's a chance to do something different right now. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we told him 1230. He told us yes. 1245. We got to split the difference. Dan has <laughs> got to get out of here because I see in the background, He's got to get Paul Bunyan back to East Lansing. So, uh, Dan, thanks for taking the time to that's, join. <laughs> since you mentioned it, that's my buddy's company, Pat Kelly, Rivalry Trophies. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I know you like getting your hands on one of these things, so there it is. It may be a while. It's, it's, what an it's, ugly trophy. It's only going to be a while because we're because we're not going to play for a while. But uh, Dan Miller, sports director at Fox 2, uh, a, a gentleman, as you've seen here today, a man who calls it the way he sees it, even when he wishes he didn't see what he saw and play-by-play on WJR. So please catch him uh, on TV, on the radio, and maybe he'll catch some Zs in the meantime. Dan, thanks so much for making the time for us. You are a uh, superstar. You're the you're the one all-pro on guys. the Lions. I appreciate it, guys. Good hanging with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Take care. See you in Green Bay. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, kind of. Virtually. Yeah, kind of, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wait, exactly. are you going? Yeah, I'm going to Green Bay and Phoenix, and then after that, who knows? Well, you most certainly could do your job here. Uh, probably. <laughs> so you're going all the hot spots? You're going to Arizona? You're going to Wisconsin? What the hell, You can man? start doing the uh, podcast back from home again. <laughs> yeah. All guests of Harriot ML Sola Detroit receive a 12-pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. Okay, so, uh, so that was Dan Miller, who was uh, – 
you know, just what a what a great guy. And I he calls himself a homer, but I've I've heard homers call games, and I have to say that he he uh, he sticks as close to uh, to what's going on in front of him as, as just about he anybody. does. He I does. can't believe it's been sixteen years. It seems just like yesterday when he got that gig. That's it's nuts. No, yeah, he's, I mean, a pro- he's a professional. Oh yeah, you, you cover the line. I mean, hell, poor John McCain only had to do five years in the Hanoi Hilton. He's doing a Lions for sixteen. I mean, jeez. So why are you so flustered today? What have you been so busy with? Uh, well, I, I'm just I'm buying time for you to come up with a great debate topic. But no, we we uh, in fact as as we're sitting here, I'm ignoring phone calls. I'm actually not ignoring them. I'm just telling them I'm gonna have to call them back in a minute. Coming in from Macomb County because the, the Free Press last Friday broke the news that former prosecutor Eric Smith was uh, pleading guilty to obstruction of justice charges after the feds determined that he had used his campaign reelection fund to kick $70,000 back into his own pocket by uh, paying rent to an associate who really didn't want the rent or didn't need the rent or didn't collect the rent, just gave the money back to Smith in cash. And that he, and this is the story that we're telling in detail today at the Free Press. You can find it at freep.com as we speak. That, uh, that there were two assistant Macomb County prosecutors that Smith urged to help cover up his tracks when he realized the feds were on his tail. Now, uh, on Friday, we just identified them as Prosecutor A and Prosecutor B because that's the way the feds uh, describe them because. They have not, to our knowledge, been charged with a crime. In fact, it's entirely possible that they're cooperating. We don't know that, uh, and we're not saying that, but we are identifying today Prosecutor A, who it turns out at the same time his former boss was uh, announcing a plea deal, he was in court trying to prosecute a guy who um, invaded the home of Eminem. So yeah. we, we realized that this guy was involved in two pretty big cases on Friday, and uh, we've asked the Macomb County prosecutor to comment on whether she plans to take any action because she has somebody working for her who was, while not charged, according to the feds, was part of a kickback scheme, which is certainly in violation of the law, which could have all sorts of ramifications, could lead to criminal charges or could even jeopardize his bar card. Because when you're a lawyer, whether you're charged with a crime or not, if you do something wrong, that can cost you your ticket. How much time is uh, Smith going to get? I, he pleads guilty to two federal charges, but he doesn't he have a bunch of state charges left. Uh, one federal charge. One federal Just, charge. Yeah. Okay. And and in fact, uh, he it's kind of odd because he's accused of doing all kinds of things, but he gets to plead to the cover up charge and is is facing uh, fifteen to twenty one months in prison. So that seems sort of like uh, hmm, is there something else going on here? But sometimes when you see these these uh, cases where there's a federal case and a state case, there'll be what they call a global resolution where they resolve the state case and the federal case all in one ball of wax. That's not what's happening here. Uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel charged Smith and a couple other folks with some crimes for misusing money, she says, misusing money from a forfeiture fund and uh, that's supposed to be used to basically – help victims and to help improve law enforcement services. Uh, Mr. Smith is facing, I believe, 10 charges in that case and will be due in court next month for a preliminary examination, which for people who aren't that well-versed in the way the courts work, 
once you're charged, you go to preliminary examination where a judge determines whether or not there's enough evidence against you to send you to trial. Typically, you are bound over is the term for trial. And then, uh, then either the dealing, the squealing, or the testifying begins. So uh, Mr. Smith has indicated he plans to fight those things. He's also mm-hmm. said that while he did take some money from his campaign fund that he shouldn't have done, uh, very gross understatement there, that he never sold justice, that the contributions, the donations that were made to his reelection fund were not in return for favorable decisions or lenient prosecution uh, decisions. So uh, I haven't been able to prove otherwise, so I guess we'll take him at his word for now, although uh, he did just admit to trying to get people to lie to cover stuff up. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know lying. how much that word is worth, but that's what he says. And, uh, you know, in our business, we, uh, you know, we uh, we believe you until we prove that you're a liar. Were you trying to suppress a couple of yawns through that little monologue? No, no. Are you I, okay? It was my excitement to be sitting in, <laughs> in a room full of so much testosterone. And, uh, oh, I was just going to make sure you're okay. Yeah, because the, the show was a lot of fun, and then I don't know. Yeah, are we boring you, Emma? What happened? What, yeah, what's that? What's going what's, on? Who's that? Who's Nothing. That? I just heard some droning. I just heard some yawning over there. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to see that story, go to Freep.com. There's a lot more to it than I just described. And I will tell you that this story is one of the ones that's behind our paywall, which means you have to subscribe. You can subscribe by clicking on the link at the bottom of the story. I think we charge you $3 for three months. I mean, if you can't pay 3 bucks to read some pretty kick-ass stuff and to give us the opportunity to keep right now i apologize some of that money will go to sean and he'll be able to continue doing whatever it is that he does no none of but for those of us you know stomping the grapes of truth in the vineyard you know we could use the three bucks man i mean it's not that big a deal and a lot of a lot of news happened since the last time we were together um you know we're so grateful dan agreed to to come on the show so are we particularly given the it's nice oh, to hear a different voice. But, yeah, I know. But, I, yeah. I heard your voice. Like, oh, Dan, Dan, you were, you're so handsome. And you, you, that, you said that when you said that guy dropped a ball, he did drop the ball. So that, I really appreciate that. Uh, Is that your Adam Sandler? That's no, Sean Windsor, I guess. I don't know so, what that was. I don't, it was terrible. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. The, the, the Washington Whisperer. But, um, but uh, we had some uh, Detroit City Council members um, criticize the Detroit police for their conduct um, in the wake of their treatment of uh, Black Lives Matter and Detroit Will Breathe protesters. And I, I could not help think, as I saw Raquel, Ra- Raquel Castaneda-Lopez's name on the bottom of that letter saying Detroit police need to do better with how they deal with the public, how Raquel Castaneda-Lopez used the police to try and keep me from asking her questions when she was on Detroit City Council, and, and she still is, I should say, but when she was trying to avoid answering questions about some homes she owned in Southwest Detroit that were in disgraceful condition. And that's, that's a adjective that I pick, uh, but as shorthand, but the truth is the city of Detroit building department also found them to be not, uh, in good shape. And, uh, and Mary Sheffield who also signed that letter. I can't help thinking as Mary Sheffield is critical of the police, um, about the time she was stopped for drunken driving in Royal Oak before she was on city council, and about the time she tried to get out of a speeding ticket in Hamtramck when she was on Detroit city council, and how her encounters with police may have uh, uh, jaundiced her view of the way they interact with public, because I don't think she had 
Good word. Great, um, <laughs> great uh, experience with the police. But uh, these are some stories that you can find at freep.com, and it's something that you might want to dive into because, once again, what we find is uh, politicians and uh, a taint of hypocrisy. So it's kind of a recurring theme. Just like, uh, I guess you could say, politicians like our hometown in 11 continue to drop the ball at crucial times. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Ray Nutt, Ray Nutt, Ray Nutt, Ray Nutt, Ray Nutt Infinity, Ray Nutt Infinity, plus one, no! So we're short on time, so the great debate is going to be, was Sean going to say something important? I think, <laughs> I think no. Was. What do you say? Sean says yes, Mark, cast a tiebreaker. I was just going to say, you sound like an NPR host today, you know? You don't have any energy over there. What's going on? Remember the Saturday Night Live sweaty balls? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing when I'm hearing your voice today. Well, you're, maybe you're, maybe it's because he was, me. Maybe it's what JR did to you when you filled in over there. Yeah. I don't know. How did that go? Uh, you know, uh, coming up next, we have uh, Rachmaninoff. There you go. Symphony while I make some sourdough bread made from my own armpit hair. We'd appreciate if you'd call in and become a sustaining member because when you get to be 52 years old, it's difficult to sustain your member without help. <laughs> you don't have to do the whole bit. No, you don't. No, don't. sorry. No, please do the whole bit. Boy, you know, I'm, you know, you guys. Matt, you, you don't talk for a few minutes. You, probably another <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Damn, you, you, you tee this up and then I. Someone's got to take charge. You're not. Take a swing and then they pull me out of the Well, I was box. worried, Mark, when I walked in, Mike and I walked in together and uh, from the street, right? And he, he was crawling and I thought, oh my God, is he going to be okay today? You know he, what I mean? He crawling. He, I was moving. he was so stooped over. He looked like a question mark walking in and I thought, what is going on? I got a call about 15 minutes before we started. And you were just you were running around like a chicken with its head cut off because of the Macomb story and breaking news, which I think you enjoy. So right? he wore himself out, right? Like I, giving a two-year-old a bunch of sugar and then letting him go until they collapse. You know why Sean was confused? He's never seen, particularly while passing in front of a mirror, what a hard-looking reporter, look, working reporter looks like. It was a, it's a hard-working columnist. What, a man in sweatpants on the phone talking to his... <laughs> Uh, and I appreciate that you. Member. I appreciate that you didn't mention that I'm wearing sandals with socks. Let's leave that out. That's my look too. I I, I think that takes guts to do that. I love that look. No, well, it just means you're old enough. You don't give a exactly. shit because you know every woman under the age of ninety looks at you and says you're disgusting. That's so okay. it doesn't matter. That's okay. Well, so much so you were so um, running behind that you said I don't even have a great debate topic today. Um, so it just kind of popped in, in Sean's head in my head. Because well, well, you won't watch the Lions, right? I listened to the Lions on Sunday. Just answer the question. Answer the question for once in your life. No, I, I occasionally I will watch the Lions, but it's only because my wife is watching them, and it seems like a little family time. But no, uh, first because I used to coach the girls in hockey, and oh we had God. practices oh, on Sunday. Just say yes or no, and then I have a chance to rake the leaves. But you don't I have to justify the answer. Just no, you don't watch them. With all due respect to Dan Miller, um, that's not the question. I can't stand the Lions. Why? I, I think the Lions should be dispersed in a draft. The team, the 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 land should be sown with salt, and we should start over. Um, I but that's because you love the Lions, right, Mike? I don't think it's a Chris. No, I can't stand the Lions. But I, because you love them, you can't stand them because you love them. No, I know and they're that's, losing. No, right? that's I. So so while it seems like I I I have hostility towards you, I do love you. But that that does not carry over the Lions. No, I genuinely find the Lions to be an unpalatable product. Uh, and every time I've gone to see them, every time I've watched them, um, I find myself saying, if there's something at the end of my life I'm not able to do because I wasted three hours 
I will haunt the Lions. Do, do you watch the NFL at all? Uh, not very much. Did I'm, you I'm ever? A big college sports fan because unlike you, Jokers, I consider them to be admirable amateur athletes. But um, if the Lions had a history of winning, right? If, the, if this were Green Bay, then he would be a fan. Yeah. He would watch. No, no, no. I wouldn't You're because I didn't even watch them in the Wayne Fonts year when they were good. I will tell you this, though. Had they not let Joe Schmidt go in the early 70s, I think the entire trajectory of the franchise would have changed and we would all be diehard fans. But, but I've, he, just, I've he, just never even had a good time at a Lions but game. But he's not indifferent, Mark. I he's, did like to watch Billy Sims, though. You have never had a good time at a Lions game. Or enjoyed watching a game when they were 90. reasonably good. You, were you here in 91, 92, early 90s? Uh, no, I was in... Um, uh, I mean, it's sad we have to go back I was in far. New Hampshire. In fact, here's my one experience with the Lions, of the Scott Mitchell oh, Lions. I was driving from... Oh, I thought this was a debate, go. not another monologue. <laughs> I was driving from New Hampshire to, oh, no. to New York City and listened to the Philadelphia playoff game on the radio, and it was oh, yeah. one of the worst games yeah. Ever. All right. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Here's the debate. Here's the debate. debate. Should Whoa, you, as, as, as somebody that you obviously love the Lions in some capacity from your your youth. No, I should didn't. You, should you give up on them now after after Monday? Or should you keep watching it? Can you keep well, watching I, a team that doesn't love you back? If you're the kind of person that's going to give up on a team or entertainment, then you would have given up on them a long time ago. You know, when people say that and they're like, yeah, Lions free, I just, A, I don't believe it, or I think that you just never like the sport to begin with, like ML. Um, I just, I, I love football. I get sorry, baby. I'm, I'm a very good uh, sport and social club uh, level what quarterback. The, you just what said the, you don't dual watch threat. it. What I don't are the watch region? It. No, now let me just tell you something right now. Oh, there's this some is energy. Important. Okay, good. 50 minutes. This is in. important. <laughs> This is important because Ben Schmidt used to give me shit about this all the time, and Jim Schaefer too. Well, of course, because they, did. they watched all this shit as their as their beer spilled onto their protruding guts. I would always rather play sports than watch sports. So the reason why I didn't catch the last half both. of the Lions games because I was going to play softball. You can do both. And I didn't watch them before because I was coaching hockey or I was playing hockey. No, that's 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 all good. That's fine. I I will not watch a what? bunch of prima donnas fail when I could go out there and fail myself. What did the region do? This is the so, question oh, I've been asked, Mark, the last couple of days. Why does Detroit area deserve this? That was that was crushing Sunday. This is what people want to know. What did we do? Nothing. Why do we deserve this? I'm not saying me, but this is the question I keep getting over and over and over. It's and they can't stop watching. It's poor, unlike mine. Yeah, no, because I was sucked in. I was watching that game. I might have. Uh, Put a bet on the Bears beginning the fourth quarter because I had a feeling something like that might happen. But you know, I get sucked in. I still love it, and I screamed out loud when he dropped the pass. That's that's part of sports. You can't have the good without the bad. Unfortunately, we've had way too much bad with them. Hey, you know what's really good? Sponsors, Sir Speedy. If you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, and listen up, the newest sponsor of Solo Detroit podcast is Sir Speedy Print Signs Marketing, Harper Woods, Troy Novi. Whatever you need when it comes to marketing materials, Sir Speedy has you covered. Brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products, banners, you name it, and Sir Speedy can do it. I know because they've done it for me. I'm not just somebody uh, pleased to be associated with them on a podcast. I am a customer. They have a full creative staff that can help you design whatever you need. So if you're a company that's starting up and needs to get your marketing going, or you're a company that needs to take your marketing materials to the next level, someplace the Lions will never reach because they can't get out of the subterranean level, you need to call my friends. They're not members of the Lions because they're an effective team that can get things done. They're at Sir Speedy, and that number is 586-777-7500. 
or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com, to get your marketing project going today. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? I didn't really mean to cut the debate short. We just need to we need to take you care. You already lost. You lost, so we need to move on. We got to take care of some of the people who uh, take care of us, and we encourage you to do business with people who support us because we think that they're worthy of your business. And when you do do that, let them know that ML sent you. And uh, if you are watching the Lions, might I might I suggest this helps more than anything else? It's a nice cold Altus. They're an original Detroit Lager that's making a comeback. The Lions can't come back because they was never here. Altus is the do anything, anytime with anyone beer. I love it. I grab myself a case when I'm headed to hockey to play it, not to watch that shit. I even make sure to always have it stocked at home. In fact, I need to restock. Carl, Carl, where are you? Fun fact about Altus is it only takes six of them to make anyone a 10. With this crowd, you may need to go to 12 to get these guys up to 10, but they will <laughs> take it. We have a lot of things that started here in Detroit that went away, like championship football, but boy, am I glad Altus is back. It's a lager that packs a punch, unlike the Lions, and is seriously smooth. Unlike the Lions, it's delicious. Go pick up some cans today. Don't drop them like the Lions would. Go to altus.beer and find the location nearest you. I promise this beer, unlike the Lions, is insanely good, and you'll be thanking me for the suggestion that you not watch the Lions. You can listen to them on the radio. So you play, you play hockey. Do you watch the Red Wings? I do watch the Red Wings. That kind of ruins your I don't watch the Lions argument. Uh, the, the the Red Wings have a, a history of greatness. Exactly. It's been sustained throughout their That's history. Bandwagon. And total bandwagon. I swear to God, if the Lions ever make it to the playoffs, I want to make sure you are nowhere near TV or radio. No, he's banned. Much less Ford Field. I did banned. not watch I mean, them when they were in the playoffs. Happens, but. I didn't watch them. He's banned. But you know, if I was gonna watch them, I would probably do some grilling. And if I was gonna do some grilling, you know where I'd go first? I have an idea, but where? Why don't you tell yeah. us? To the garage, because that's where I have coals. And I put them in a chimney, and then I heat up the coals, and I spread Lord. them out. And then I grill. What do you grill? What do you grill? What do you grill? Yeah, usually, where do you get your I, items? I usually, usually, yet. I usually, I usually try and grill um, Noaki. So some people like to save up for something really nice, like an earring that looks cool, or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the 90s when dudes with earrings that weren't pro athletes were a thing. If you're thinking how you can budget for major purchase... You call my friend Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 or email him at lnowacki at pinnaclewealthstrategies.com. He'll assist you to devise a plan target to help you reach your financial goals. And when you deal with Luke, he'll make sure that it's not all about, oh, that it is. No, no, Luke will want to make sure it is all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. And of course, I put stuff from the butcher on the grill, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Does Luke know that you wear an earring like 10 years too late? I think I think that's, that's where the, the read comes yeah. from. Yeah. So, Sean, we really I just did. no, I didn't know. If really you appreciate that. you dropping on the show. Uh, no, I, I, no, you were talking. I was take the Mazaway shuttle from Nowheresville. What's going so. on over there? I didn't know if he knew that. Luke is before today. Luke is a very generous man. He supports a lot of the charitable causes that he we does. all get involved in, and he supports this show, which is the ultimate generosity. Because I'm not sure I want to be associated with this wreck, but uh, it, we're better than the Lions. That's what I keep telling myself. So, uh, so Geeks of the Week, we're ready for Geeks of the Week. Does anybody want to start us off? I know Sean, oh, actually, Sean, may, may, 
may we start? I, you let, go ahead. You kind of took charge last week. You go ahead. No, don't pull some jujitsu move now. You make no. me think it's my idea to go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Mark, you go ahead. I'll go ahead. I'll start. Uh, do you guys have any idea who Colton Underwood is? Does that name ring a bell at all? Does he get bullied by sports writers like we do? No, he uh, was The then Bachelor. I like him already. He was The Bachelor. Oh, then I hate him already. I don't I, watch I had, that shit either. I had a feeling, and I, he, he chose this, this woman who he clearly was, quote unquote, in TV love with. Um, but he has since now been hit with a restraining order because the girl he chose, they broke up, and he has basically stalked her. So much so that he put a, um, a GPS tracking device on her car, and I just I don't understand people that do that kind of stuff. Uh, what's the old saying? There's plenty of fish in the sea. This guy was the bachelor. You think he could just go get number two, number three, number four, number all the way down to twenty five of the women that wanted to be on the show with him? So yeah, how about going to the second to last rows? Exactly. That so that, that's my nomination. That show, but okay, that's a good one. That's although I must say I, I'm almost. Uh, although he's creepy and I don't forgive that, I'm almost moved that one of these one of these complete uh, uh, retrogrades actually did seem to like the person he chose, whereas most of them it just seems to be like a big bang party and then they move on to some well, other. I hang. think he likes her in a different way, though. That is completely unacceptable. Yikes. Okay. So, Sean, who's your? Uh, the Big Ten presidents oh, who, uh, who messed up the rollout. Of the not the rollout, right? Mess up the announcement when they canceled football. Yes, a month and a half ago, weren't that transparent? Took forever to really truly say why. I mean, you know, they said the pandemic. We understand that, but they needed to give a little bit more information. They laid it at the feet of poor Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten. He was kind of the fall guy, um, and now it looks like the, president, the, black guy. the president of Nebraska, <laughs> Ted Carter. Uh, at a hot mic this morning, what I don't even know what today is. I guess every day is Elric Day in here. But uh, <laughs> on a hot like mic, it. he was caught on a hot mic this morning saying they were going to announce tonight, the Big Ten was going to announce tonight, the return of Big Ten football. I w- that just happened. Yeah, I wonder if, um, do you think he really was caught on the hot mic or he knew that the mic was live? And that's Well, maybe so. Was. And if he did, it, what, what makes it all the worse, they just haven't had their, their stuff together in terms of uh, transparency and why they mess. were making the decisions from the start and they run some of the best universities in the country because the uh, chancellor at wisconsin then tweeted out and disputed what nebraska said and said there's no decision yet and the rutgers president the other day said there's no way he'd ever uh vote for the return of football yeah, but they don't they don't they, they don't they care rutgers about football yeah, they haven't had football there since <laughs> yeah. 1901 <laughs> no. so, so count anyway yeah, no, so it's just it's just been a mess it's a total mismanagement start. you're right when but you get the, the president coming in and trying to uh manipulate the situation you know you haven't done things very well you've left that opening Sure, that's fair. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Well, who's, who's your choice, ML? So I was listening to the uh, Charlie LaDuff No BS News Hour, which I, I recommend people do, and I heard a guy. Who you mean I, that sincerely? I do. Okay. I, I, I Just like, checking. I, that I like, one guy on there, aside from I like Charlie. Terrible. Sometimes, though. sometimes there's there is there's a little BS. You should get. It's, gr- it's not. It's it's not a hundred percent no BS, but there's some BS that gets in. So you think it's an ironic title? No, I think oh, no. it's I think it's aspirational. Okay, but uh, but there was an ass that was purationing on his show last week. A guy I'm very familiar with from my work at Fox Two, where I've exposed some very sketchy political situations and legal dealings that Rocky Rochkovsky has been involved in. And Rocky went on the No BS News Hour and promulgated some of the biggest BS that's circulating. In fact, I heard it pop up when I was filling in for Guy Gordon on Monday on WGR, and that is that the Atlantic Magazine has corrected or apologized 
for their story in which they quoted anonymous sources who said that Donald Trump does not value the military and has avoided certain ceremonies and said certain things about members of the military, calling them losers and things like that. Now, I'm not here to justify that story, to support that story, do anything like that. But when we have people, particularly people who are public figures like Mr. Rochkowski, who's been a candidate for Congress, who's been an elected official, who's served in the military, and who now I believe is the chairman of the Republican Party in Oakland County, saying things that are not true, that other people take as gospel because they trust Mr. Rochkowski, you cannot make America great again by spreading untruths and lies. And I am an investigative reporter of some repute who's tried to confirm what Mr. Rochkowski said, and I cannot do it. So, Mr. Rochkowski, you already know this, but I'm telling the rest of the world, you're my Geek of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you didn't just make my dick go soft. By the way, I should, I should mention that I sent Rocky a couple of text messages to the cell phone numbers I have for him, asking him to clear this up for me before the show today. So, uh, so Rock, unless you got a new phone, where are you, my man? Anyway, Did I change my Geek of the Week? <laughs> because you used the word promulgated and referenced yourself as filling in for Guy Gordon. So it couldn't just be about the Geek of the Week. It had to be about you filling in or whatever. I don't know. What's the linkage between Guy Gordon and promulgating? Does he promulgate? Oh, I'm just saying. Just say he spread bullshit, and you don't need to mention that you filled in for Guy Gordon when you're talking about Geek of the Week. But go ahead. Well, but if you were paying attention to anything but the sound of your own voice, you would have understood that there was a there was a nexus there, which is another word for connection. Nexus. Which means he just that used uh, the word nexus, Mark. Just showing off. Don't don't God. try don't don't try and, and dodge this one. But because what people like Rocky are saying are popping up in other venues. I, that was the point. No, I, I agree. I, no, I, it's a great pick. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Matt, will you please lower the bar? Finally, back to some where wisdom. So you know, when I think about <laughs> when I think about chopping it up, when I think about history, when I think about Matt Jennings, I think about my favorite butcher shop, and the place to go for prime meats is the butchery on Orchard Lake Road, just west of Middle Belt. Go in this week and spend fifty dollars or more, and tell them ML sent you. And the butchery will give you a free pound of breakfast sausage links. Are these any old breakfast sausage links? Oh, no, no, no. This is not your routine Jimmy Dean from the freezer scene at the grocery store. All this sausage is made in-house from scratch by Chef Dave and Matt Jennings, who is better at making sausage than he is at making history. Go to thebutchery.com to see all their amazing selections and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what Chef Dave is carving up daily. 248-682-COWS is their number. I'm going to spell it right this time. C-O-W-S. And for Sean in French, that's Vache. They even have small private cooking classes with Chef Dave and Chef Julie Hubbard. Check them out. It's worth the drive. I promise that you will be very happy that you went there. And that's a message I'm happy to promulgate. The nexus between good eating and satisfaction. You knew this was coming. Is the butchery. You knew it was coming. He's going to say it at least three or four more times. By the way, Matt, hey, do you, know, you know how to cook, Matt? Why don't you go down to, go down to the go. butchery and get go. some of that sweet meat and those lovely desserts that are cooked up by, uh, by Chef Julie. Matt, please lower the bar. Yeah, please, Matt. Okay. Don't hey, let hey, don't so let ML do it, please, Matt. Our uh, our, our U.S. Uh, Marine vet, Mike Morse, just bought a brand new or just bought a huge tomahawk that was the size of a small child, and cooked it on the grill, and it looked beautiful. But how does it? Stuff. How was it cooked? Um, I, was, I don't know. 
Okay. I don't know. I, th- I think cast iron. Was it salted? I hope. I, I oh think, yeah, no, I, he knows how to. He okay. knows how to do his stuff. Okay. Matt, Matt, uh, I think you're supposed to call it a Native American axe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Native people's axe. Save Indigenous. Us, Indigenous axe. In- I can't say that. Hey, Matt, you're I coming through pretty clear. It, is the tether no longer interfering with the internet connection? The tether. It's implying that you've con- you know committed some sort of crime against humanity. Oh, yeah, no, um, the tether is gone, okay, and good. whenever I'm at home, it seems like everything's fine, but when I'm on the road, uh, Sprint is a very un, uh, unreliable service, so. The banter works That's better when happened. everybody's keeping up, but that's okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get to history. Oh, oh now we're okay. hurry. Wow. Come on, man. So you mean we what take you- 15 minutes to read a copy, <laughs> and then we have to hurry up and do my piece? So you mean what I you're saying is... I don't talk at all through the whole podcast, and then I'm expecting That's to just design. jump in and get it all out without doing any vocal warm-ups or nothing. But so you're saying you like people who move fast? Is that what uh, you're oh, saying? Yeah. Because cop- nobody moves faster than David Hall and his team at Hall Financial. <laughs> They care about the community. They work around the clock to help you mo- save money by refinancing. It's a great time to look at your options. That's why many people are refinancing right now. They're not waiting for soft history. They're refinancing refinancing right damn now. If you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through these turbulent times. And by refinancing, you can probably save up to two payments. So why not see if you can save some money or cut your term. Hall Financial Service is the fastest in the business. That's why they have nearly 18 million five-star reviews from Michigan homeowners. <laughs> it's somewhere between 1,500 and 18 million. I feel fairly confident about that range. Go to our webpage and click on their logo to get started or call my man Dan Morrison at 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. One more zero. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention. NMLS one four six seven four three five. Take it away, Matt. Nineteen thirty-one. The British economy was heading for an all-time low. Lindsay Broadwell sells houses too. Jesus, she sells houses. Lindsay Broadwell. Just power through. I'll pot him down. Get yourself Welcome a house, back, Lindsay. That's awesome. Get a house. Okay, in 31, the British economy was heading for an all-time low, with countless people struggling to make ends meet while thousands of ships rusted in the harbors and leaving the royal family with only millions of pounds to spare. And that's just Fergie. <laughs> yeah, and that's, it, that, reminds us, that reminds us the difference between Zeus and the royal family. One's all-powerful that cares little for the actions that endanger the lives of mortals, and the other is a Greek god. Damn. Damn, you got deep on that one. You, you also got out joked by ML. I'm sorry. No, he's funny. He's funnier than me. Wait, how oh, would, in fact, what do you mean out joke? By making the, a fat joke? Yeah, I thought the Duchess of Pork oh, joke yeah. is better. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 good stuff, making fat jokes. Well, nice. oh, Chris Peterson she, actually, she, the funniest joke. What? Chris Peterson on Facebook Live said OJ Simpson does a better job of killing wives and waiters than Soft Magazine does at writing jokes. Damn. Well, you've yeah, you've actually written a lot of funny, jokes, actually. and and Mister <laughs> Mister uh, uh, Mister Simpson's never been convicted, so I'm not sure that's fair. But of murder, no, that's, that's true. Of murder, that's true. true. All right, let's move on. In 1932, Gandhi be- began. So now fasting. Matt's in charge. Wait a minute, he just took over. Say so we're moving on. We- Someone needed to. Okay. I, I, I sorry, Matt. I'll get back in the corner with my dunce hat on. 
Oh, you don't write some more. I like the hat you got on right now. The 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 ML uh, ML hat that you can get on DrewMikeStore.com. Matt, I like the cut of your jib. Unlike those shits that got stuck at sea. In 1932, Gandhi began fasting so he could be a model on Instagram. Uh, What's Matt, the lag all about? Matt, I thought there was going to be more. There's, there's no, nothing. No, no, that's the reason why I did that. There's Power nothing, through. Move on to the next one before oh, ML distracts. Uh, there's nothing funny <laughs> about <laughs> colonialism or eating disorders. That's true. Which In brings us back to Sarah Ferguson. Mike Tyson. Oh, God. In 1998, Mike Tyson filed a lawsuit against Don King, alleging that the promoter cheated him out of millions for more than a decade. In other words, Don King screwed Tyson over so good, Jerry Falwell Jr. would have loved to watch it while he jerked <laughs> off in the corner. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I, you know, I, you may have another one, but my advice is, is th- that's going to be tough to beat. But if you got another one, let's have that. Was, oh, that my was, name that hasn't was been mentioned good. with this show, I hope, today. Right? <laughs> Uh, well, was I'm not what something are you about, something about me out today. Go ahead. I heard a reference to jerking off, so I thought that might have been. I would yeah. like to point out that the, me out. the Duchess of Pork did capitalize on her tremendous weight and make a lot of money from Weight Watchers. Hey, you know what? If if we have guts, which and we she do, also maybe, sold maybe Mike doesn't. But it's because uh, it's from watching all those Lions games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Join me on the field of valor. Are you quitting well, while you're ahead? Of- Oh, she, no, here we go. no. Oh, if oh, if oh. I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on a, low, go out on a low, low bar. All right. Go ahead. In, that seems a safe 2011. Bet. Well, speaking of jerking off, in 2011. Let's not. If that's where we're headed, if that's where we're headed, I'm calling an audible. Just tell us the punchline. Yeah. No. In, <laughs> no. We should do the punchline and then guess what the story is. Okay. No, I can't do that. In, Nikola in Tesla. Mel <laughs> Thorning Schmidt became Denmark's first female prime minister, making Denmark the least corrupt country in the world. That's a fact. It's the least, it's the least corrupt country in the world because women never forget anything you've done wrong. Now, here's some fun examples of what <laughs> makes Denmark different. They've got a lot what? in common with Hollywood execs. They got more pigs than people. Oh, don't make that face, Mark. Oh, I'm listening. This is power, power, power through. I'm not making a face. It's my normal <laughs> face. And there are uh, there are 15 different shark species in Danish waters, which is just a fraction of the amount of sharks on Capitol Hill. So See, I, I always I, try and let you guys down at the very end. I want to go back in to a beginning. comment you may have heard a minute ago, <laughs> which was you had a high note. And it was a time to go. And then you stayed one beer too many. And the bouncers are now kicking you in the head. But I want these people that are saying that these jokes are bad to be right. <laughs> That was a, a very interesting twist on the self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, but um, but we are going to try and and right the ship, not that one that was stuck in the in the harbor uh, with the uh, English monarchy. 
by getting back to B-Sides Month here in Room 7609, where we are taking new wave artists, who uh, some of whom you know, some of whom you love, and looking at some of the music they've made that you also love, that at some point they thought you might not like so much, so they dumped it on the backside of a bigger hit. And this week, our guest is New Order, first time in Room 7609, with one of their biggest hits, True Faith.
Okay, so I'm, I'm going to confess that, uh, that uh, True Faith may not be uh, your classic uh, B-side. It was issued as a single. It was not on any of their albums. It did come out um, when they, as sort of a, a throw-on to, uh, to uh, a compilation album. And there was another song they recorded at the same time called 1963. And I think at one time, people thought, yeah, that's the song. That's the song. But when they got ready to uh, release this in the U.S., somebody came to their senses and said, you know what? True Faith is the stronger track, and we're going to push that as the new single and make 1963 the B-side. So it Technically, it was going to be a B-side. It never was a B-side over here. And so I guess we probably should have played 1963 instead. But let me tell you something, folks. No one would know that but you. Is the Benadryl kicking in over there? I'm, I'm, having, a, I'm having a hell of a day here. So, uh, so we're just going to go with it. Because you, you know what? It's one of the greatest new wave bands of all time is New Order. We've been yeah. doing this show for a year, and we have not found a way to get New Order in here. I was going to play some Peel Session stuff. I was going to play some stuff from one of their early albums, like Movement, that's really dark. But you know what? We'll get to that, because Room 7609 is not going away. It's not being converted into a nursery for somebody. It's going to remain the New Wave suite where artists who you love have some gems you haven't seen or some artists you will love once you hear from them get introduced to you. We're going to continue to do that. So I'm just glad we got new order in here. I was going to do Duran Duran, cause I loved it, but we're going to do Duran, la- Duran later this month. Regard- I was going to do a Smith's tune, but we're going to do that later this month. Regarding so. your exhaustion, do you can you share what you shared with me during that song about how late you were up and what the issue was or no? Uh, well, no, I mean, just, I, I think it's yeah, fascinating so, from the inside, uh, the journalism inside the reporter type thing that you have to deal with. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not exhausted. I'm just uh, just there's a lot going on and I'm trying to keep a lot of plates spinning. But we, you know, we were ready to go with this story that you can find at Freep.com today about the prosecutor who was involved in a kickback scheme, but who somehow is still working, working. as a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And, and we knew that we needed to give some people a little more time to respond to these charges. We, we try and give people a day or more. And in this case, we've given people multiple days to respond. We found some more information that we wanted to add to the story. And we wanted to contact those people uh, at the start of business this morning. And so I was up until 1.30, which is not extraordinarily late, writing the story that we could publish as soon as we'd given everybody a chance to be heard. And in fact, there's still more to the story that we will probably be publishing uh, later. But, um, but so, you know, so it was wake up, check on the messages from the boss, see what they think of the story, try and respond to those issues, uh, deal with uh, a little bit of show prep for WJR because I'll be filling in for Guy Gordon, uh, promulgating the news on <laughs> WJR. There's a nexus between entertainment and news. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, Sean will be will be <laughs> oh, listening. God, I'm glad the energy's and, coming uh, back over there. And uh, you're amusing yourself. And as then, you um, often do. and then, uh, then the people who I've been trying to contact to give a chance to explain uh, what some may find inexplicable. Um, you know, didn't want a response. So then you got to try even harder. And then sometimes they respond to you. Oh no, you got to talk to that person. So at the same time, I try and use some of my Tuesday morning to, you know, get ready for today's show and, and button up some last minute things. And, uh, so it was, it's kind of serving three masters at the same time, but, uh, I will just tell you if you've seen any drop off in the quality of today's show, it's because my first master is, the Detroit Free Press and the people who turn to 
to uh, what used to be known as the morning friendly for the truth and to be on guard that, that I've always got to uh, make that my top priority. So, uh, so Mark, hopefully if you think I've been dog shit today on the, the show, story was you'll longer, love the work I did Mark, on the free press. The story was longer than the song when you told me the story. I thought, is, I know, and you is were telling me we got to wrap up fast. Is he still talking about new order? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. The battle you had at one thirty AM last night. So Sean, in a way, this is the old order. Cause I still have my true faith in journalism. Oh, I'm glad Lord. you do. That was the. That, I just brought it I, home. I Don't look. Oh, yeah, we're gonna Just no, when you're no, no, talking the, the, about your story, think of a, you know the nut graph, right? Oh, no, but the, just the, stick the, with that. You're you're you're, you're so <laughs> scrotally focused. Um, the, uh, the the discussion that you're thinking about, Mark, we had this morning. It's when editors oh, okay. read a story and they say, "Well, why can't we say it this way?" Or did you think about that? Or can we mention that? And and you understand why people want to do it that way, but at the same time, you're like. Well, there's some circumstances that you're not aware of that we need to be mindful of. People talk to us on a certain basis, and they have confidence that we will keep their confidence. And then there's there's other things that aren't really relevant to a story that somebody might say, well, if I read that, then it must mean that. And you're like, I know why you would think that, but here's why that's not necessarily so, because here's this other stuff that if we mention it, it'll confuse people, so let's keep it straight. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, I didn't know that. So they're all very reasonable and logical questions. But um, but when all hell's a pop and you kind of want to say, you know, this shit is tight, it's right, and let's do it before it gets to be night. I just like that because a lot more goes into these stories, I think, than sometimes people realize. Oh, I will just tell everybody, because what? we haven't had a Kilpatrick reference yet, get the bell ready, <laughs> get the bell ready. I'll get it, yeah. That when, uh, when Kilpatrick people would complain that they thought the text messages stories were gratuitous, <laughs> I was always able to tell them, you should see what we didn't publish. So we always know more than we tell. Usually we don't think all of it fits or is appropriate, but there's lots of times people are like, you threw everything at us. I'm like, if I threw everything at you, you'd be a blood stain on the pavement. So just take what Ooh. you got and let's move on. Amen. Yeah, uh, let's move on. There's a little gory <laughs> vision. There. Anyway, so that's true faith um, from, uh, <laughs> from, uh, uh, from New Order. But anyways, we, we love getting your suggestions. And I will tell you, oh, when, when we get to B-side, oh, excuse me, when we get to that's cover just... month again, th- we've already done a month and you can find it at mlsoulofdetroit.com where we had cover tunes done by new wave artists Next month, we are going to New Wave tunes covered by non-New Wave artists. I have gotten so many fantastic oh, suggestions from listeners. that and, and, and we A little tease here. Anybody ever think Johnny Cash would do Depeche Mode? Well, Oh, yeah, it's great, too. You're going to hear oh, that yeah. in Room 7609. So please keep those suggestions coming. Please keep the feedback coming. Uh, we love it when you rate the show. Please subscribe to the show. Um, share the show. Let people know. You know we can't post our our website on Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg would prefer to spend his time taking money from people who hate America. So I guess I'm glad that he doesn't like us. But um, but it helps us if you can share the show and if you subscribe so that when a new episode's available, it'll pop right up in your phone. Um, you can also support the show by donating. We love it when you do that, Mark. How do people uh, generously and foolishly give us every penny they can spare? Uh, via PayPal through the link on mlsolodetroit.com. 
And if you want a little add, add a note there, we'll do a little cami soul just briefly. You tell us what you want to say on the air. You give us at least 20 bucks. If it's not completely seditious, we will do it. There's another big word, Sean. Where are you, brother? <laughs> we will do that. Um, and there's a way you can support the show while making yourself look fantastic and getting a little something in return from your money. Mark, where do people find these fantastic masks, gaiters, room 7609 keychains, T-shirts, hockey jerseys, stickers? Soon to be uh, uh, sweatshirts. Oh, yeah, hoodies. we're talking about sweatshirts. Yeah. Uh, all the fun apparel at drewandmikestore.com. Some of that stuff is on sale. You can buy something, get yourself a free autographed Kwame suture, or you can just straight up buy a Kwame suture. <laughs> uh, there's another. Oh, there we go. So, and uh, if you want to write us, call us. We love your feedback. We are starting to play the voicemails, and we do appreciate even the unkind criticism. Uh, you can send that to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com, or you can give us a call. There's unkind criticism? And, well, yes, there's all kinds. Um, in fact, uh, we'll be talking about that a little later. Then there's a 313. I'll be giving you some examples. There's 313-288-9070. You can give us a message, leave a voicemail. That's Butterfield89070. Zero. If you don't know what that means, ask us in a voicemail and we'll explain it in a future show. And we appreciate you hanging out with us. A special thanks to uh, to Mark, Sean, Matt, and, of course, Joe Zuver, who keeps this thing on the tracks. And our special guest, Dan Miller. I'll just tell you, um, I, I imagine if you've, if you've uh, engaged with him uh, as a viewer or a listener, you have a positive feeling about him. If you get to know him at all as a colleague or as a person, mm. you can feel confident that this is one of these guys when you meet him, you won't be disappointed. Good guy. Truly yeah. a quality individual. A and uh, and and one one uh, manifestation of that was uh, before they started their most recent broadcast, there was a tribute to Jamie Samuelson, yeah. who uh, some people may have already forgotten, but but people they did a hell of a job with like that. Dan will never forget. And uh, and and you've got to you've got to appreciate and respect someone who feels that deeply about another mm-hmm. human being. So speaking of quality human beings. There's the Drew and Mike show, which you can catch on the Red Shovel Network. And then there's some dirt bags on a no-filter sports and a no BS news hour who are worth listening to, too. So oh, please geez. support all the shows here on the Red Shovel Network. And until then, Cyrus, please make us be gone. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? When my dad goes to work, he does really important stuff. He stops bad guys and keeps everyone safe. When people are in trouble, he saves the day. He's always smiling when he does it. My dad's job? Saving the world. My dad works for Sola Detroit. Sola Detroit. Today's heroes, tomorrow's future.